It's showtime. Showtime. Welcome to the party, pal. Welcome to this week's episode of the Sultans of Smoke Cigar Cast. As always, make sure you guys are getting over and checking out our sponsor. Cigar Noise Weekly. 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 Welcome to the Sons of Smoke Cigar Cast, Drew, Mo, Yo, Mooka Rich, bringing the bull. We are joined by the esteemed Costas of Smoke Maniunk. Costa, Hola. great to have you, man. Hi, guys. How's it going? <laughs> <laughs> Big sigh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here we go. Uh, here we go. I um, immediately regret this decision. Yeah, there was yeah, his life was flashing before his eyes. So I uh, was gonna do it so I could talk shit to Danny. I'm disappointed in him. Oh, please uh, do. He doesn't. Have oh to be yeah, here. he doesn't listen. So um, <laughs> before we, uh, so just as a reminder, we saw you know Marty Pape. Thanks, man, for using the Sultan's code at, at Smoke. Uh, Hell yeah. Yes. Smoke.com. Um, thank you yeah man but we're we're still doing that discount code so smoke like a sultan get some uh get a little percentage off from uh smoke maniunk and pa so uh thanks costa for for allowing our listeners to do that and uh man it's been a while since you've been on it has i think uh wow it's been a while yeah definitely pre-covid um, dude, talk to us a little bit about now Philly. Philly was one of the, definitely one of the places that had a pretty strict shutdown, right? Yeah, I mean they hit us from pretty much every angle, every type of store. Mm-hmm. Um, went really selective on what they considered essential. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like Home Depot. I've been, I made hundreds of trips to Home Depot because we did a complete renovation of the shop during COVID. Mm -hmm. But it was like, I can't open and sell cigars, but I can go into Home Depot with, you know, 80 construction guys that don't wear masks and don't care to and don't take anything seriously. And uh, it's like the wild, wild west in there. Uh, But like everything else pretty much got shut down. Like the big major chain stores stayed open. Um, all the mom and pops got shut down pretty much across the board, unless you're like a construction store. Um, and real estate boom during it, like people were building everything everywhere. But yeah, it's still uh, far from anything back to normal here, which has been weird because I've traveled to like Indiana to see my family, and out there, it's, everything's almost completely normal, mm-hmm. especially out in the rural areas, um, which I'm not saying that's good. Um, at all, um, but Philly restaurants are to back open to fifty percent. Uh, retails open. You're allowed uh, was it five people per thousand square feet that you have. So mm-hmm. that's not very many people. Well, that's uh, like a thousand people for you guys, right? Uh, I mean, in theory, if we went by their uh, res or by their uh, retail rules, we'd be allowed to have 15 people in that space. And, you know, yeah, because, I mean, you got, you, you got a big, big place. Yeah, like on an average Friday night, we'd have 70 people in there. So going from 70 to 15 is painful. Right. Um, 
Yeah, so it pretty much killed everything indoor. Um, the weird part is they open. You're allowed to do things outdoor, like things we were never allowed to do. Mm-hmm. They're totally cool. It's like restaurants have never. They're allowed to have a couple tables outside, but that's it. And you had to get a permit for it. It was like if you go down Maniac, like a third of our parking spaces are gone, and everybody built inside outside. <laughs> so, <laughs> like literally, we have a tent at Smoke uh, that holds probably 20 people and we can have as many as we want in there all jammed up <laughs> tent completely enclosed <laughs> but we can't have them inside the building it's like uh the least logical mess in the city right now Never seen so, like it. yeah so it and to give to give people context on on what that means like it if you take like a restaurant a restaurant could be able to have 100% capacity and could still struggle to make money, right? And yes. we talked about just do like, obviously we are in a business where to go is, and I'm not sure how much percentage of your business was to go before COVID, but a lot of shops do have a good portion of the customer base to go. But I mean, are you seeing a pickup in that at least to offset some of not being able to house people or? Um, I would say our problem is uh, like a good chunk of our income comes from Friday and Saturday nights when you get all the people who aren't really cigar smokers but want to go out and have a cigar on like Friday and Saturday night. And those are great people too. Most of them are legit. They're just like, that's the only time they have a cigar. They're not like the daily guy. Right, right. So, like, if you're to look at uh, our, you know, revenue stream, Friday and Saturday night from eight to midnight is probably fifty percent of our revenue. Um, Throughout the know, year. For yeah, for the whole year, compared Holy to all the hours of the rest of the week, um, and we do like two to three turns of people, like seventy people in that time frame. So, right. you know, like a regular day where you might get. 100 people through we do that in an hour on a friday night um so for us that hurt um really bad not being able to allow that um what did happen is our regular guys that that were there every single day of the week or you know every other day those guys smoked probably or have now smoked twice as many and some way more than twice as many like some guys were like every other day guys. Now they're two cigars mm-hmm. every day. And I think a lot of that was like <laughs> boredom and nothing else to do. A lot of them work from home so that they could they could smoke cigars while they're working. Uh, they, you know, the guy, everybody got their stimulus money. You're not going out to bars and restaurants. So you have extra money. So this became like where they drove all their money. So they kind of offset each other uh, to a level en- enough that we didn't close. Uh, not enough that we were any, I mean, we were down about 60% in sales last year. Um, so it was a pretty rough time. We did a few things to try to, you know, offset that, like, as you mentioned, our website. Um, so we built that into the POS system. So my store and a couple other stores now have uh, e-commerce sites, and that really helped a ton just with uh, the guys who were driving and picking up. So you know, we weren't allowed to have them in the store at all for a while, but we could set their cigars outside. So we literally had a box sitting outside. We'd have their orders already. They would 
you know, order online, and whenever they got there, we'd drop their cigars in the box outside, sanitize them, you know, everything over the top until, you know, now it's kind of everybody's like, yeah, it's fine, just give me the bag. Um, back then, <laughs> we were literally sanitizing our hands before we touched any cigar. We were putting them in a bag, sanitizing the outside of the bag, putting it in the box that they could reach in with their hand, no lid on it, not touch anything. So it was all like completely contactless. Um, So that actually helped us a ton because there's not a lot of people that figured out how to evolve in this mess. And um, I don't know how big of a hurt they took, but that helped us a ton. Word got out that like we were doing contactless. I was driving to people's houses every night of the week, dropping off one to you know, one to five cigars. Like, didn't matter if you ordered a cigar and you're within a 15 minute drive, I would drive to your house. Nice. Um, so That's awesome. Became a hustle and grind, but um, yeah, you either evolve or you die. So oh. that's that's where we we're at. So, as as people couldn't be coming in, and you said a lot of your regulars turned into two cigar a day guys. Did they? What's what's the percent that like stuck with buying stuff from the shop versus finding a some sort of cheaper online way? Do you know what I mean? Like, who did the people keep supporting you, or did they kind of dick off and now you got to deal with the fact that they might come back? Uh, I'd say if they were a super regular or one of our members, with the exception of one member, uh, they all stayed consistent and probably spent more than they ever have with us and a chunk of it was from a level of support i mean i had guys that uh, a lot of our guys don't buy boxes and a lot of our guys don't even have humidors at home because they can't smoke at home and so they literally buy two or three cigars and that's what they're going to smoke for the next day and then they come in again sit in the lounge so a lot of our guys have been trained that there's no reason to have a humidor home and worry about babysitting it you can just come in here and this is your humidor all the time so those guys uh stayed pretty consistent and have stayed that way even post-COVID. Like, they're still smoking the same amount. It's not like they drop back off once everything got back to normal. Um, and we're doing some pretty massive new changes at the shop. And so right at the start of COVID, I just made it clear. I was like, hey, anybody wants to cancel their membership? Totally get it. Uh, I mean, the biggest one of the biggest perks of membership at our shop is all the things you get at the lounge. Uh, another big perk is we give them all 25% off everything. So that was good. So we do slightly compete with like members pricing. Uh, and then what we That's did. That's a good discount. Yeah, yeah. it's pretty happy. Um, and, and my theory is like I'd rather have 100 guys that, uh, you know, are getting 25% off and are amazing and more frequent and more regular uh, and build loyalty that way than to have, you know, 15 members and, you know, count on lots of randoms that always cause more headaches and pain. So our members are like the greatest. I mean, most met most of them. They're, they're a phenomenal group of guys. So yep. almost like a, I'm a bad businessman when it comes to them. Like I don't enjoy making money from those guys because they're so cool. They become friends. <laughs> um, so overall, kind of like balanced out. Uh, and we have got, and we actually grew membership there, but we made it clear in the beginning. Like if you're, if you stay with membership, that's awesome. We're going to lock you in at that price no matter what. At the end of all this COVID mess when things get back to normal, there's going to be a couple big major changes, and membership's definitely changing, and you'll never get this price again. So you can make a judgment call. Uh, and then after they made that judgment call, we uh, decided to put the – six. they pay $60 a month. 
for membership. So we basically made sure that we gave them equivalent to that or more every single month and a custom built bag based off of their exact purchases. So every month they got a bag delivered to them that was custom made for them uh, and at least made it so they weren't just throwing $60 just to get a discount. Like they actually got value out of that 60 as well. That's really cool. Um, so that, that worked out good and they all, for the most part, all of them minus one stuck through the whole thing. So that was cool. And we gained some new members through COVID, which was super weird. Like that would have been the last thing I thought we would, would have happened. Yeah. So that membership yeah. sounds amazing. Are people can like, I, I guess our listeners would mostly be remote from you. Can people do a remote membership and get that discount and deal with you guys online that way? Is that a thing? Well, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, all of our members get a discount code made just for them uh, on the website. And uh, I guess to wrap up your last question, too, you asked about whether they find cheaper places. One of the weird things with us is we don't carry any major brands, like, at all. Um, the, I guess we do. The only one we carry, we have, like, eight SKUs of Patron, but everything else is 100% boutique. Um, so a lot of those are harder to find online. Um, and then the other thing that we, like heavily pride ourselves on is it doesn't matter what brand it is when the cigar is coming in the shop even if it's some exclusive thing that everybody's like waiting to buy it that day they all have to sit in our humidor for a week before we sell them so we make sure in our humidor is annually managed um it's always dead on percentage dead on temperature um and so a lot of the guys have you know a few of them bought elsewhere they'd be like dude these cigars don't smoke well at all is there a way can like help me get it back to life i'm like nah that's why you have to buy from us man. that's like telling your girlfriend like your shoulder hurts and the girl that massaged earlier didn't work didn't do a good enough job for you you probably ain't getting a massage man (laughs) like i'm not helping you with this so uh between those two things so uh back to that your last question is yeah a lot um we probably have i don't know six or seven guys now that aren't local that have memberships just for the discount and we realized that that's really cool. And so we do a little bit extra for those guys that aren't local um, on top of everything else that we do for the guys that are local. We've had a few guys that even moved away and uh, have kept their membership the entire time. Like Gordon's one of our members moved to DC a year and a half ago and he still pays his membership every month and uh, orders cigars from us and we take good care of him. So those, those guys are super cool to not get the benefit of the lounge and still want to support us. It's I go over the top for them. Yeah. You heard it here. He will go over the top. Over the top. What a great yeah. movie. You mentioned salt to smoke. Yeah. <laughs> Hand job per order. Yeah. Well, that, that's for new. That's only for uh, new members, though, right? Yeah. And for Mike Patina. Oh, yeah. Well, we have a specific guy who uh, implements the process. So. Yeah. <laughs> speaking of uh, your better custom- if you had to- Go ahead. No, I was going to say, speaking of your customers, uh, have you seen the G-Fizzle Patina socks? Have you seen them yeah. in person or, or just on, on Instagram? No, I've seen them in person. They're, uh, they're over the top. That's, uh, I can... I can- they're also that. not over the top at all for Sam, at all. Right, <laughs> right. I and it's funny, man. Um, you guys are look. We talk about 
on our podcast a lot, and, and Drew and Kyle could chime in here. We talk a lot, man, about like having um, a mix in your humidor and, and all of that. But real talk here, you're one of the few pure boutique humidors that has found a way to make it work. Not and not just like survive, like thrive, right? And yeah. so, what, what do you think? And, and dude, you're in the city where you know Ashton is from, right? So, yeah, um, yeah it blows people's minds when they walk in, ask for an Ashton. We don't. What do you mean you don't care? Everybody carries Ashton. I'm like, yep. Right. And so, like, <laughs> dude, how do you? How did you guys make it work when so many people? Can't seem to make that model work. Uh, I think a chunk of it, it all started when I first opened. We were probably like, we had, you know, you remember our old humidor. We had eight columns in there, basically. Mm-hmm. And I had one of the eight columns had boutique. And even with that one column, I had stores and reps were like, dude, you have to get rid of all that stuff. Like, it's going to be hard to move it. Uh, literally, quotes like you're not going to stay in business with that model. Like be very careful. I know you like them buy them for yourself. That's not the model you want, especially in Philly. Philly is a huge, well, it used to be like a huge Rocky town. Uh, obviously a massive Ashton town. Uh, the number of people that come in and ask for a Rocky or an Ashton are ridiculous daily still. Um, and part of me, I, I think part of it was pride. <laughs> um, like, I don't like when somebody tells me I'm a fail on something I believe in. Um, and so I think that was part of it that triggered me to, like, kind of stick with it. Uh, and then I think the big thing for us that made that work um, is that our humidor is a locked vault. So if you want to buy a cigar, you have to talk to me to buy a cigar. Um, and a lot of people think that's cause I'm worried about theft and I want to babysit them in there. And it's not, it literally came down to like, I realized that when I go into the humidor and I actually work mm-hmm. in my shop and I spend time with a guy and I don't even talk about like a specific brand or a cigar. I want to sell them at first. It's like figuring out where they are in their like cigar career and, and dropping some tidbits of information on them just to like get them to like open up and trust me that I know what I'm talking about. Um, and then from that point, you know, you, I always made a point, like talk about the big brand, talk about the stuff they know already, but always throw in a tidbit of these are cool. They're good. But when you buy this cigar, you're supporting an individual dude or female somewhere like you're helping a livelihood. These aren't mass produced. And back then we, we've never carried any general or altus and never, ever will. Like the day that happens will be the day I close or sell the store. Like I just won't do it. Um, and, but our major brands we had, you know, we had the, the, the typical, so we had my father, Oliva, um, you know, Ashton, we carry Puente, all the, all the middle tier, Alec Bradley, not massive companies, but large companies. So I'd always talk about those first. So they would see stuff they know and then shift them over. And where Alec Bradley or where Rocky's making, you know, 10 million of the cigar a year in each side, this guy's making 300,000 a year total in all of the sizes. Um, and I always equate it to beer. Like you drink craft beer. You don't, you know, we're grown men now. We don't drink Natty Light. Uh, so if you're drinking a good drink, you should have a cigar that complements it. And these are boutique guys. These are 
that like if you smoke this cigar, if I hand you this patina and you don't like it, I don't care which one of the three I gave you. A, you might not trust me ever again, and B, you're never buying any other patina ever again. So, I throw that out there and put that on the record. I'm like, these guys have to make good cigars. They can't make mediocre cigars. Monte Cristo can make a mediocre cigar next year, and everybody will buy it to try it and mm -hmm. uh, see how it is, just because. And they could use leftover stuff. They could reband something they've already new flopped the market, and they'll get rid of it just because it's their new hot cigar. Versus if you know Botica does it. It could kill their brand. Um, yeah. So that'd be that's, unexpected. Yeah, exactly. So that <laughs> and then we started growing it, and like people started biting on it and listening to me and trusted me and buying them. And then all, I was like, "This is going pretty good." And then they started investigating other ones, and I started investigating other ones, and we bring in a new boutique. I, you know, I made a point like every year I wanted to move and take over one more column with the goal of eventually getting to fifty-fifty. Like. Like, you want mass-produced shit? Turn right. You want boutique shit? Turn left. Uh, and that's where we got. And the left side of the humidor was crushing the right side of the humidor. And uh, that was around the time that Eli came on. And uh, Eli totally was on board with the vision. He smokes tons of boutique. He's also smoked probably literally every cigar ever made, without exaggeration. Um, and... Uh, you know, so we had some expertise from him, from, you know, his career. And so I let him bring in a few brands that he believed in because if, you know, I can love a brand, but if Eli doesn't like it, it doesn't do well. Obviously, your staff has to like it. And from that point, we just made our goal. We're like, well, let's get rid of all these big brands, like all of them. Uh, and it got down to probably like two years ago, we only had like the best of each of the big brands. So like in my father, we carry whatever their newest one was one size in Le Beijou and like their anniversaries Ashton we kept just the classic on because there's so many people that came and asked for it and literally when your patina came out uh, the Connecticut that's the cigar that killed Ashton and Philly literally for us um, <laughs> like, you like, are the Ashton killer yeah, like we, yeah, like, like Mickey and like you can get that because that's cool because your grandpa smoked it and your dad thinks it's cool, or you can try this. This guy's your age, from Chicago, cool suck, put his heart and soul into it, and if it sucks, I'll buy it back from you, and then you can have an Ashton, and guys would try it, and they're like, "Wow, I didn't know you could have this much flavor from a Connecticut." You know, the standard response. I'm like, "Yeah, it's also not mild, man. Like you're also okay with smoking a stronger cigar. You've just been scared because." Your first cigar is at a wedding and you threw up. So <laughs> that uh, transition like really helped getting some better Connecticut's in. Because uh, that was like the one sure. piece of the puzzle where you can cut out the big guys. But uh, I think it's a combination of like uh, we slowly did it and yeah. we're overly educated on it. Um, we love it. We have passion. I always say like if you want to be a successful business, you have to have passion and a quality product. Either combo of those, either one of those, you'll survive for a while. Um, but if you have both those, like that's where you succeed. And and I, I pretty much equated that. And a lot of it's our guys trusting us. And um, and you know and we also have a lot of new smokers. It's probably the other thing. So there's a lot of like they don't know anything. So we can tell them what we want. Um, but it's you could go blindly pick any cigar in my humidor and I would gladly smoke it. Like it, we don't carry anything that isn't amazing anymore, which is really comforting. So 
Kosi, you touched something. You touched on something very important that I think um, a lot of people don't necessarily take into consideration, especially when you want to do something a little bit different than than you know, like like what you guys did by uh, primarily boutique humidor or mm-hmm. all boutique now. Um, and Drew, yep. you remember like when we used to like when we hung out, there were two places that we would go. Right. Yeah. And and it was like you had to choose between where you actually wanted to hang out versus like a place that had cigars that you actually wanted to smoke. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. right? And, um, yep. Do you remember that, Drew? Oh yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but but Costa, you you touched on something very important. Your staff. Okay. Very. There are very few, if any. I mean. No, there are some. I don't want to. But Eli is one of a handful of guys. Okay, he, he's not your typical uh, no, manager, he's ridiculous. right? Um, yeah. and, and so, but but that whole your whole way of wanting to do things trickle down to your staff, which I think has helped you make make you successful. Because even had you wanted to instill that type of like approach to cigars, if you didn't have your staff on board, I don't think it ever would have happened. No, it's a huge part of it. Um, Me and Eli are uh, very rarely, and I don't know why, but somehow we just magically are on the right page almost all the time. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the stuff we disagree on is like dumb stuff that doesn't matter and isn't relevant to the business model. So like when he came in, I was like, Hey, here's, here's how I do things. Here's, where I'd like to go. Here's the direction we're going. Here's my one-year plan. Here's the five-year plan. Um, and he was like, I love it. He was like, this, this is going to be so much more fun selling cigars here. Like, this is going to be great. Like, I, these are all things I believe in. And he's phenomenal. He is, no offense to every other store, but he is better than every other store's best employee, period. Like, that kid is a ridiculous encyclopedia of information he lives, breathes, and sleeps cigars. Um, he literally has a notebook where he made it a point to go buy every single cigar he possibly could on the market. And you should have him on one day and ask him how many cigars he smoked that year. It's insane. Um, he is engulfed in it. I mean, he got into cigars young, never drank, never did, did drugs, never anything, just fell in love with cigars. And that's his life now. Um, and is, so coupled with his knowledge and him believing in the plan is the only reason it works. Um, like, uh, you know, I could get a mediocre employee that, all right, I'll do, I'll do what you want me to do. But if they don't believe in it, then it's trash. Or even if they believe in it, but they're not like able to catalog every cigar and all the tasting notes in their head, the way he does, it still wouldn't work. And he does a mm-hmm. phenomenal job of even breaking that down for the new employees and getting them right up to speed. Our new employees are, ridiculously smart on cigars it's it's weird um so yeah. yeah it's definitely alive and thriving still because of him period mm-hmm. Cow, drew what's up what do you guys got um nothing That's what do you good. think cow <laughs> cow's Cow's on mute. Cow's the question, man. <laughs> I was waiting for some Drew stuff. When Drew asks a question, it's fucking brilliant. 
so I wait for him sometimes. Oh, <laughs> yeah, don't wait for uh, me. All right, so so Costa, one thing you talked about was all these renovations and cool things coming. What do you yeah. all got in the works? Tell us about that. You, you've mentioned it like three or four times, so it's got to be cool. Yeah, it's exciting, man. It's the so we started out. We've always had this bathroom problem. And uh, really, it's because we started growing our women base, and women love flushing tampons. Uh, so PSA, I don't care if your box says it's flushable. They are not flushable. Every man should go to their girl and be like, did you know tampons are flushable? And watch their response. Like, yeah, it's right on the box. And then you have to calmly explain that they're not. Um, <laughs> it's awful. It pisses me off. So we were at one point spending about a minimum of 300 typically 600 for you know two calls a month to have a plumber come out and clean our drains. So once, and the only solution was Jack carrying up, Jack carrying up all of our sidewalks and driveway and the floor inside and redoing the pipe out to the street. Um, we had it like cammed and all that. And they're like, yeah, you should have to replace this, but replacing it in Philadelphia means either one day or if they hit a gas line, water line, electric line, all those run underground, then you could be shut down for a month because you're on the city schedule to get it fixed. Um, so we just dealt with it. Um, when COVID hit and we were forced to be closed, I was like, jackpot, here's our window of a month to get this done. And uh, so we did it. And then and that turned into, oh, wow, the plumbing's bad inside. Oh, wow, this is bad inside. And it turned into literally the entire lounge got renovated on accident. Um, new humidor. Humidor is now in the back of the shop. We have a bar that was in the middle of the shop. That's right in front of the humidor. All new bathrooms. Uh, and then the biggest change is we went away from a walk-in, which is what we had before, and we now have the world's first cigar galleria. And Eli is our curator. And so when you walk in, it's almost like you're in a trade show booth or an art museum in the front third of our store. And there's just a bunch of display cases, like showcasing all these cigars and putting them all on the pedestal that they belong on. Um so now no longer does your dumb three-foot-wide box that holds one cigar deep, like, matter. Uh, we don't have to deal with any of that mess anymore. And everything's just on display. And then when you go into our humidor, it's like a Dewey Decimal System library of finding cigars. And everything's, like, streamlined and slick. And uh, Eli doesn't even look at the sheet anymore. He can literally go in there zero live with the lights off and grab cigars, which he does for us all the time. Uh, and just knows exactly what bin and what box and what row they're in. Um, and so that was something I've always, I hated the walk-ins because guys are disgusting and rub their noses all over the cigar or even the cello. Uh, people, people still do that. Dude, they're idiots. <laughs> uh, it's awful. Like if you're listening and you do that, stop. It doesn't help. Like, <laughs> Your palate is not good enough to smell through the cello and know whether or not you're going to like it. I don't care who you are. That's not even a thing. It's totally a thing. No, I mean, it's not a thing that's not possible. I don't I understand know. why people think, like, oh, this smells good. What the fuck are you smelling? Yeah, I love this smell I mean, Nicaraguan something. plastic. It's great. Yeah, this is great. Guys, like, swear. Go ahead. I swear they can smell. They're like, dude, this plastic isn't solid. It's porous. That's why they can keep it in the plastic so they get humidity. So of course I can smell through. I'm like, you have like a canine nose, and then man, like, <laughs> and 
given that and that you're like putting that cigar, like tell me three tasting notes of that cigar then. Like you're amazing. And I just play into it. I'm like, <laughs> um, so between that and the, the, I'm a professional floor supervisor in a factory. Let me fill this cigar up and see if there's any soft spots. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. At which point you damage the cigar and you're mad that I make you buy it. Um, so between those two things, I always want to get away from the walk-in. And then COVID hit, and it was like, jackpot. This is our excuse. Uh, and, and a legit excuse. Like, I actually don't want people touching my cigars now. So now all the cigars are out of touch. Uh, you can't breathe on them, can't anything, but you can see them in a nice, beautiful, well-lit glass box. And we'll go back in the humidor. We have sanitizer in the humidor. Only me and Eli go in there. No one gets to see inside there going there. And... Uh, so that handled that issue too. And then also, um, whatever theft we did have is now we have theft. It's, you know, my employees. So, um, <laughs> the biggest change is just the full renovation and how we do things. Uh, the next, the bigger change is just going to be a business model change. And it has to do with, um, liquor licensee type things, uh, and, potentially uh, more outdoor space, but I can't like go into it yet because we're dealing with a mess with the city. So I'll catch Tulsa, you up. When happens. Let me ask you this. And this is something actually that uh, another shop was dealing with for a, a BYOB license. And, and my take on it is this, like if I'm the city right now, I'm handing out licenses that will help businesses like, like, candy on halloween yeah why the fuck would you do anything to stop a business from growing and and, and, to, and and look not to but to decrease your tax base like anything to help my tax base i'm gonna do right now i've had restaurants whatever all of these things getting closed up for over a year now i mean it should be a slam dunk i don't understand these people and i don't even drink yeah you know, no, I, I mean, like I, I, I'm saying this from like if I'm like a city planner or a councilman or something <laughs> yeah, like that. Well, yeah, you the know. problem with Philly is uh, so Philly rules are if you don't have a liquor license, then by default you are BYOB. So there is no BYOB license per se. Yeah, there is uh, here. So that's okay. Yep. Uh, so that covers that. But on the liquor license side, the state's a mess, and they're not issuing any more new liquor licenses. So if you want a liquor license, you have to buy it from a bar that closed uh, or somebody that, you know, sold their business but kept the liquor license. Uh, and so there, it's literally equivalent to real estate. When I first opened, they were 75000 80000 uh, Prior to COVID, they were 230000 Mm-hmm. Uh, now that a lot of bars have closed, they're down to like 150,000. So right. it really fluctuates with supply and demand. Mm-hmm. Um, the city or the state has been put in some new rules that they're going to start charging people who have a liquor license and are not using it. Cause you know, I, I think that's smart. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. They're like just sitting on them, but the state doesn't want to issue new liquor license cause they want to manage the number of bars per County, which I, I don't, necessarily disagree with mm-hmm. although i think they should re uh census that like okay aren't we grew by a million people since right, 1964 yeah. when we came up with this magical number whatever it was 
And now things are different. More bars is not a bad thing. Because even pre-COVID, every bar in Philly is always slammed. It's like mm-hmm. more bars would probably cause less problems because there would be less people on top of each other. We're already on top sure. of each other every day where we live. It'd be nice to not be crowded in the bar. Mm-hmm. Uh, so with this new law, them forcing people to sell them or, or making them pay a fee to keep it not – to not use it, mm-hmm. uh, they call it safekeeping – That'll probably drive the prices down too. They really want those bars to get back open, which nobody's opening a brand new bar right now because you can't be open. Uh, so yeah. it's a really big mess that I don't know what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's interesting, man. Like, yeah, I agree with you, man. Uh, anything people could do, and they have done that, like allowing these restaurants to build these like little huts outside of their business and take up parking spaces. Mm-hmm. And things like that that we can never do before. Like, we're never allowed to sell cigars on the sidewalk. Now we can. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot of new things that they're allowing us to do, but still not the best. Right. They can do better. Yeah. All right. So I have a good idea for you. Okay. <laughs> next, time, next time somebody goes and sniffs through the cellophane and says they can <laughs> tell what's inside, what you should do is offer to pull out four different types of cigars in the cellophane. They will blindly sniff each one. If they get all of them right at what type what type of cigar it is, you know, they get one free. If not, they buy all four. I like it. We just don't carry enough flavored cigars. It's typically the flavored cigar guys that want to smell the cigars. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Drew was able to sniff Jalapa and Ometepe. I don't think you were ever able to identify Esteli, though, were you? <laughs> <laughs> through through the cello? Through yeah. The cello. No, that's a that's a tricky one. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I've seen a couple brands. Uh, it was looked like it was going to be a thing that was going to catch on, where they actually had holes going yeah. down through the cello. Uh, I don't know why it didn't catch on. I actually like that idea. So people actually could touch it and smell it without rubbing their nose all over the foot and touching the head of it. Yeah. But I don't know why that hasn't taken off. Yeah. People sniffing the foot like a line of coke. <laughs> yeah. Plugging <laughs> one nostril, sniffing around. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So, man, a lot of people, like a lot of people who smoke cigars have this dream that someday I'm going to open my own cigar shop, right? What would you tell those people? Uh, you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> With like, <laughs> like all due respect. Um, I mean, if, if I think if you're like retired and you're like, this is just going to be my hobby, uh, or if you're really young and you want to hustle and grind, or you're in an area that doesn't have any cigar shops nearby uh opening one in philly was probably not my most brilliant idea i've ever come up with um there's just so many shops out there at least where we are uh and the hustle is i mean you have to do the math on like how many people you think are going to come in there they're you know you're selling ten dollar items that you're making you know five dollars profit on and then you pay all your overhead you net a dollar from that cigar so are you willing to get up and like build loyalty with a customer? And you know, that first time in, like you might have to talk to them for 20 minutes and you're going to net a dollar. Like if you can't mentally wrap your head around that and like people, then 
you know, open up one where you just carry general office and try to get in like the healthiest area you can with money and next to a golf course and things like that. But I would like never be able to like do that day in day out. Um, so it's, I think anytime you take a hobby and turn it into a business, um, which I've done three times now, I don't know why I keep doing it. Um, <laughs> it's not smart and it's dangerous territory because you don't realize the work that's going to come with it. Like you're mm -hmm. not going to be sitting down smoking cigars every day with your buddies. Um, yep. And so unless you have a lot of money and you, right off the get go, you can hire a full staff and all these things. Then yeah, I mean, whatever at that point, and you probably don't care if it doesn't work. Um, but to walk away from your well-paying job and do it, like I totally think everybody should do it. I think everybody should quit their like corporate jobs and do something that makes them happy every single day of the week. Like period. The greatest thing I ever did was starting this business. Um, but it's not as easy as you think. So I think you should go work at a cigar shop first, um, work your way up, like get to the point that, you know, tell the owner, like you want to open another shop, go underneath his name and open a shop. Like I would do that for somebody. If they're like, I really want to open a cigar shop. Cool. I will train you and then we'll open another smoke and we'll be partners in or something like that. Um, that's super invaluable. Um, but get an idea. Like I went into it pretty blind. Um, Dave from Wooden Indian let me come over to shop one day. He's like, why don't you come over and do some hours here and kind of get a feel for it? And I learned a ton that day. I was like, oh, wow, this is not what I thought it was going to be. Um, Wait a minute. I didn't, I didn't know that. You worked at Wooden Indian? Not like work, work, but I went over there and spent time with him, and he taught me a lot. I, I did like, not know that. Yeah, he helped me out a lot. We spent a lot of hours together talking and working through things. I love that guy. Awesome. Here, here's the thing, though. Okay, and and look, I, I get what you're saying, and but starting a business is not for everybody. No. Um, somebody asked me the other day, what what advice would you give your younger self? And and my answer is, don't believe people when they tell you that you could be whatever you want to be. <laughs> okay. That's the biggest horseshit. No, you fucking can't. Okay? My suggestion is find what you're good at and learn to be great at it. Right? Or try to be great at it. Um, but starting a business is not for, like, every personality type. Like, you got to be... I mean, first of all, you can't be very materialistic. At least not in this. Uh, no. It takes a lot of time. Um, and you're probably not going to have... Um, the luxuries and whatever that a lot of your friends have. So you got to be willing to be humble. <laughs> um, so there's a lot, I think, that goes into that. I think, like, for me, I was, I'm, like, allergic to the corporate environment. Like, I literally get, like, fucking hives. Like, I just can't function in that kind of structure. But for a lot of people, man, that, that they need that. And so, yeah. like, if, if you need that type of stuff, it's probably not the best idea. And if you want to start a cigar shop, it's not just going to smoke with your buddies. Like, if you want to, we, Kyle, Drew, I mean, we talk about this all the time, that you can't have a successful shop treating it like a hobby. You just can't. Yeah. No, it won't work. You know? And. Yeah, I think anybody can't 
like within reason, I think you can do anything that you want to do. Like if you decide that you're 45 and you want to be uh, the first guy to step on Mars, you're probably too late. Uh, <laughs> you're probably not going to get the education, excel through all of NASA quicker than the guys that are already like, that's been their right. lifelong dream and already have their degree and have already done, you know, six spacewalks. You're probably not going to be ahead of that guy. So you're probably not going to be the first guy on Mars. Could you be a guy that goes to Mars? Maybe. Um, but I mean, as far as like starting a cigar shop, I've met every type of personality. I think certain personalities yeah. do better uh, in it from mm-hmm. the business side. Um, but I think the key thing of what you said is not being materialistic and being okay with having a lot less. Um, so, I mean, for me, I had a great job. Uh, I was making well mm-hmm. over six digits and hated it. And you know how I am. I, I don't know if you can picture me in a desk and sitting in corporate meetings every day for 15 years of my life, but well, I was no. visible. It didn't work very well. And I got in trouble a lot and got yelled at for wearing jeans all the time and flip flops and this and that. I'm like, ah, that's just what I wore today. Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, over time, I just got to the point where I was like, I'm done with this. So I made a conscious decision that I was going to quit. I didn't know what I was going to do, but I was going to get myself down to living off of 500 bucks a week. And that's what I did. And I bankrolled every other dollar in my life. And I got rid of everything. I got rid of cable. I had a cheaper phone plan. I sold my nice Jeep and bought a beater Jeep for a thousand bucks and dealt with that. Um, I got roommates in my house and at one point had three roommates in my house to cover the mortgage and just literally like had to downsize everything with the concept of if I open a cigar shop or whatever I decided to do, if I'm okay with living off of $500 a week on the side, I can find side jobs to make that up. If I can't take money from the business, I can figure out something or in theory, if I'm not making enough to pay myself $500 a week, I have a bigger problem with this business. So um, it's that humbleness and not worried about having things is a really key part. And it takes time. I mean, we're seven years in and I just got rid of my roommates this year for the first time. Um, You know, I'm just now like thinking about getting myself a more reliable car. Um, Right. So as long as you're cool with that, man, like I think anybody can do it, but you're going to learn a lot about yourself and have to get over lots of things with yourself and power through them. Like if you look, if you can't operate on less than eight hours of sleep, bad idea. Uh, like, really bad idea. <laughs> like don't do it. Like right. the first two years I was open, I was the only employee and I worked 12 hour shifts every day of the week. And I also worked part, kept my part, my lucky job, I worked part-time at. So I worked there uh, every morning, woke up, worked nine to one, and then opened my store at two and stayed open until midnight. Um, and that's exhausting. Um, so you have to, you know, if you're not a person, like, figure it out no matter what, and then you probably won't figure it out no matter what. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this is, uh, and, and the thing about the cigar business like from an outsider perspective, people see like a lot of glamour and a lot of whatever, but that's not really the case. It's, I don't know. I almost think like it's a facade, like, I don't know how to explain it, but. I think it's a facade uh, all the way around. Like yeah. people think I make lots of money because I have a cigar lounge in Philadelphia and I'm loaded yeah. and I'm not. And no. then, 
Yeah. You know, cigars are this luxury item. We always say, like, oh, it's this luxury item, it's this and that. Like, I don't buy into the whole, no offense to all my amazing, beautiful friends that think cigars are a lifestyle. Like, this isn't a lifestyle, man. You like buying a $10, you pay 10 bucks for a dead leaf from a third world country and light on fire. That's not a lifestyle. <laughs> like, love you. But it's not a lifestyle. You just like smoking tobacco, and that's cool, and it tastes great, and I do too. Um, but when it encompasses you, you're like, "This is my lifestyle." It's like, mm, I don't know, man. You you just offended Drew and Cal. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Cal's no, man, I've never lifestyle movement. You know, I've yeah, you know, I've never been into the lifestyle thing. I like, I'm a giant fucking nerd about cigars and tobacco. <laughs> I read about this shit all the time. I would never call it a lifestyle. No, yeah, I don't sure. know where that happened. And if you look at like the majority of guys that smoke cigars and the guys that spend the most money in my shop, it's not a lifestyle for them. They just genuinely love cigars. Yeah. And the guys that act like it's a lifestyle and have their, you know, leather embroidered case that they have to make sure everybody sees when they walk in. It's this whole big lifestyle thing. And that's all their Instagram is. It's just their watch posing in pictures with their cigar and light. <laughs> Drew, Drew loves that. I do. That's my yeah, like, favorite. I don't even want to light this super rare Opus X, so I'm just going to take a picture with it. And I'm like, dude, I already saw that picture. I know you only have one of those. Like, light it. <laughs> 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 just light it. Just smoke the fucking thing. <laughs> yeah, like, it's not a lifestyle. It's a dead leaf, bro. Like, you paid money for a dead leaf, which is already ridiculous. The fact that you want to, like, equate that to who you are as a person is weird to me. Well, uh, look, look. So, look, social media has fed into that, right? For it, cigars have become a prop to a image that somebody is trying to cultivate for themselves, yeah. right? And I mean, historically speaking, cigars were always what, like, depicted uh, to be a thing of like you know, big shots, right? Wealth. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And, um, but the reality is, man, cigars are for everybody and you don't have to have some sort of lifestyle to be able to enjoy a cigar. I mean, that that's just ludicrous, man. Yeah, absolutely. And if you figure out how to like capitalize on that from a financial point of view, like you're, I don't know, like Cigar Vixen, like, she's figured out how to turn it into a business for her. That's fucking awesome. Like, good for you. Like, if you can turn it into an actual business. Um, she's also super knowledgeable in tobacco, so zero part of me thinks she's just a lifestyle person at all. But um, the, you know, the people that it's, I don't know. Man, I see you day to day. I know what you look like on a Monday at 3 o'clock when you're having a cigar, and it does not look like anything I've seen on your Instagram ever. Like, that's me is like, this fake facade world you're living in so that you feel good about yourself online to a bunch of people you don't know. It's like, I don't know. I, I don't get it. I never have. I won't. Uh, I mean, we did that. No front November thing. <laughs> like, yeah. Here's, here's exactly what I'm doing when I'm smoking my cigar. It's like, I'm in my Honda with a Dr. Pepper, man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's cold outside. <laughs> it's fucking freezing. Yeah. Like, I mean, those are the people that like, the people that will sit in their mobile lounge by themselves and like listen to music and grab a Dr. Pepper from the like gas station. That's a dude I want to smoke a cigar with. Fuck yeah, man. Um, the guy that has some new watch on every day and you know, whatever has to show off whatever shoes and this and that. It's just like, 
don't know. And it's always funny because I feel like the guys that do that the most never show their face for some reason. I don't know if you ever noticed that pattern. Uh, <laughs> no, but I will. I will say this: Cigar Vixen um, was a very nice, like very very nice person. By the way. Yeah, she's also. Like, like I wasn't hating on her at all. I should, shouldn't yeah. have brought her into this conversation in that context. No, 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 no. I'm agreeing with you because you you gave her credit, and and I'm piggybacking off of that, and I'm saying she's fucking legit, dude. Like I agree with you. Like she is. She was super cool, man. We had her. Remember in Vegas at the Mombacho, her and her husband came, and, and yep. that was that. She was a super nice person, and 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 Costa and I are not saying like don't. Like, if that's what you like to do, man, like, that's cool. But this is not something that we want to exclude people or make them feel intimidated to get into. Like, that's where I get frustrated is, like, a a person that, obviously, I have more potential. You have more potential the more people that smoke cigars, right? Yeah. So if we, like, create this, um, this, like, fake barrier of entry, right, where... Like, people are intimidated to want to go to the cigar shop or, or whatever. Like, Drew, you, you bring in... How many new friends have you brought to cigars over the past, let's say, year and a half, two years? Uh, I've corrupted a lot. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, I don't know, but, okay. 10 plus. So let me ask you this. What was holding them back from getting into it before you, like, were able to be like, hey, look, guys, just give it a shot? Um, lack of, of knowledge and lack of like help to even get that knowledge to know where to start. Okay. That's a big one. I don't, do you think people don't smoke cigars cause they think they're not luxurious enough? Is that like a real thing that happens in some people's heads? Every, uh, uh, I don't want to say every, most, most of the ones, um, the, the buddies at work and stuff and, and friends that have gotten into cigars, most of them have had cigars in the past. Like, uh, I don't know, somebody's wedding, uh, a baby thing or something like that. And it's some cheap, crappy cigar. And they're like, yeah, I smoked a cigar and it was shit. (laughs) And I ask them, oh, when did you have a cigar? And they're like, I don't know what it was. And it was at some, you know, baby shower. And it's like, oh, I know what it was. (laughs) It was shit. (laughs) So it's like, let's get let's get you something good. And then if you don't like it, then then you don't like it. And every single one of them. Have been like, okay, where do I get more of these? <laughs> where do I? Yeah. What, what do I try next? What uh, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I find with a lot of our newer guys. They'll come in because they want to get their picture having a cigar on the gram or whatever it is, and I'm like, oh, what have you smoked past? Like, I uh, honestly, man, I'm not real big in these things, but uh, I like I like how they smell, and I'm always curious about them. And that's one thing like we pride ourselves on is like taking guy who knows nothing and by the time they leave there they know how to cut light not to smash it out when they're done and they know at least what wrapper is like the components of a scar they'll but we really enforce wrapper on like the first visit those guys that start like stabbing the cigar when they're done into the ashtray I, I, like I got a fucking horror film. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? Um, but if all you've seen is cigarettes in the past, so that's what you do, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and or even a lot like of guys, a Swisher like, Sweet. <laughs> yeah. And I, and we, I, I correct guys when they do it. Um, but if you, you know, use the right tone and 
you know, come to them in a way of like, I'm not better than you and like teaching them. But a lot of guys think that's what you're supposed to do. Like they think when, when you have a, a, you know, man-to-man conversation or man-to-woman conversation, whatever it is, uh, and you're like, hey, man, next time you smoke a cigar when you're done, just set it down and like let it rest. And they're like, well, I didn't want to do that because I don't want like smoke coming out of it and bothering people. Like I'm like, you're in a cigar lounge. Nobody's going to care. It's fine. It's like the better thing to do. If you're not for anything else, like I was taught not to do that out of respect for the cigar. That's why my first trip to Honduras, uh, I put a cigar out that way. Already a cigar store owner on a trip to Honduras. And the guy's like, no, what are you doing? And like yelled at me. He's like, you never do that. That's disrespectful to the cigar. Actually, you make more of a stink when you do do that. Yeah, that's that way worse. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it burns the ashtrays too. We had a guy put one out on our pole the other day. Like, we have a pole in the shop, and he's leaving and put a cigar out on the wall. I was like, what are you doing, man? <laughs> like, what, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> and I, like, literally want to know. I want to know why you thought that was, like, even 1% socially acceptable to do. I'm generally curious. <laughs> yeah, like, please enlighten us. It's so, like uh, smearing shit on the bathroom wall. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to know your response of why you thought that was okay. And I don't, like, I'm totally cool with you doing it at this point because we're in a conversation, but I got to know why you thought that was, like, socially acceptable to do. So, like, I don't really make a big deal of it. So th- this brings me to, to a question. I'm glad you actually brought that up. So as we... We start to open back up, you know, hopefully restrictions will be relaxed a little, little bit um, soon and and we can get back to more of like a sense of normalcy. But what are your new rules going to be uh, post-COVID as you're allowed to have more, more people? Are you changing anything? Do you think a lot of cigar shops will change stuff or do you think they're just going to go back to, you know, kind of how it was before? Um. I mean, we're changed. I mean, we've changed like the way we do our humidor. That's not going to go right. back to walk in. Um, so that, that was a pretty massive change. Uh, things that I'm more conscious of. Uh, and honestly, like we pretty much COVID proofed our shop pre COVID. Like we got rid of the communal cutter uh, years before Ooh, COVID I didn't happened. Think of that. Nice. Yes. Uh, and guys are like, oh, it's stupid. Every shop has a cutter. I'm like, well, it's disgusting like you lick your cigar and then you want to use my cutter and then the next guy's got to like make out with you and it's weird um so we've already handled a lot of those things we got rid of our communal lighter as well and if you don't own a lighter then we have uh those like big eagle torches that will like loan to you and you give us your id and when you're done with it we'll get it back and we'll disinfect it um but made a real big point of like hey if not for anything else other than it's disgusting and you don't know who the last guy was that went in and used the bathroom and didn't wash his hands and then touched the slider, mm-hmm. like you should buy your, your own lighter. Like, and so guys have been more open to that now. It's not like a marketing thing. It's like just literally like you wouldn't share a spoon with that guy. So like, why would you share his cutter? Why would you, you know, just be more conscious of that. So I think that's a, uh, some of the big things like our bathrooms. Uh, we took all those considerations. We have like the, the sinks are outside of the bathroom. So there's like two stalls and then the sinks outside and they're all motion sensor, hand dryers, motion sensor, soaps, motion sensor. There's no door to get in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's like when you come in, everybody hits the disinfectant with their hands. Um, if I, somebody leaves the bathroom and doesn't wash their hands, I'll straight up call them out now, which is something I always wanted to do, but now I will do. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
the ashtrays has been something that we've changed. Like we, you know, the ashtrays, you don't really think about it, but they're also equally gross. Mm-hmm. These dudes are slobbering all over their cigar and then setting them down. And then you're putting yours on the same ashtray. So we make it a point that everybody gets their own ashtray now. Um, people wise and like space, I, I don't think we will do much different, nor do I think anyone else will because we're all so behind and more like hurting financially that, we need to jam as many people in there as we can. Um, right now we're seating every other section. Um, but I mean, it's like, I don't know. It's one of those things like if the whole world got on board with like, if you get within six feet of me, you can be knocked out. Then I would totally stick to it. But like at my shop, like I'm worried about my employees more than I'm worried about my customers getting COVID because I don't know where they are and what they do all day, every day anyways. Right, right. Um, we put in some new air filtration. We got a couple new air, like, ventilation fans coming in that will just suck all the smoke out. So I think it's, like, keeping that air a little bit cleaner is a little more important to me than it used to be before. It's kind of like, eh, it's a little smoky. You're in a cigar lounge. Like, what do you want? Um, so I think just general things. I don't – yeah, I think as people get vaccinated and, you know, Philly's – pretty uh, people are more open to vaccines here than they are you know my friends at home in the midwest like nobody's getting a vaccine i hear everybody's like in line waiting so i think as that happens like it'll just kind of go back to how things were um all right kyle drew are you guys kyle did you are you uh in line to get the vaccine yeah man first shot is tomorrow Ooh, nice you'll be the first one out of all of us that surprises nobody, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> Give me that 5G hookup, right? Cat, cat, yeah. Whatever, I don't care. Kyle's going to be fucking deep blue soon. Um, good with it. Um, so, Costa, what are your thoughts on trade shows this year? Are you going to go? Do you think anybody's going to go? We've been talking about this. So I got to I gotta get the opinion of somebody who, who actually has, has skin in the game on the retail yeah. side. Uh, I mean, last year I went to TP and was patient zero and infected the entire industry with COVID. So that is true. Uh, out of uh, respect for doing it again, I'm absolutely going again this year. <laughs> are you going to TPE and PCA or just PCA or just TPE? Uh, I'm definitely going to TP, uh, okay. like 100%. Um, their deal for retailers is phenomenal and it's almost dumb not to go flights are 70 bucks and my hotel is covered and food's covered i don't have to pay them to go into their trade show um so that's like almost like a free vacation um Uh and uh pca i'll probably just wait out and see how things go i've never been a big fan of how pca does things and i think all my concerns when i first got in this industry are now showing up and you know, they're running into the issues that I had. Um, so I probably won't go to PCA uh, unless there's some really good reason to. Um, but I don't know. I'm curious to see what all manufacturers are going to go to TP. If I go to TP and, like, nobody's there, then, yeah. But last year it seemed like everybody kind of, like, jumped ship on PCA and started flipping to TP. So if that continues, then. Yeah. That, that doesn't seem to be the case this year. I think and it was more PCA? I believe so. From what I've been hearing, what's the motivation? Um, 
I think timing. Gotcha. Uh, you know, I think uh, TPE is what six weeks before PCA. Yeah. And uh, you know, I know for me, uh, look, Patina is going to be there because Sutliff's going to be there. Okay. And I haven't a hundred percent, honestly. I I was like ninety ten going for sure. You know, pretty to much. TPE. Yeah. To now like. 50-50 because it's like if because you know, and you know talking to the brokers and, and stuff like that and you know this kind of gives some insight to some of our listeners like like more of like the business end of cigars too like if okay so like I hear from you that you're going right yeah but then like when I talk to the brokers for example or or even like Sutliff they're not hearing that a lot of retailers are going. Now, some of the West Coast guys are going. You know, the guys that are in Vegas are maybe going to go, whatever, guys in Arizona. But when you're talking the rest of the country, like you said, a lot of guys are just starting to open up again. You know, they may not be willing to, like, go in May and July. So if they had to pick one, they're probably going to pick PCA. But in terms of the brands, I'm hearing, you know, there's quite a few that are not going to be there that I thought for sure would be. So... Um, I mean, I really go to trade shows at this point, not for anything other than like networking and seeing old friends. Right. Um, and that's the X factor, man. And that's, yeah. So if I go to TP and no one's there, I'm going to go to TP regardless because it's literally free. And I don't know if all retailers know that. They haven't done a good job of mm-hmm. uh, getting the word out. Like, I didn't even know it was free last year until one of the shops that has my POS system called me. He's like, hey, she get this email and I called them and then they sent me the email. So, um, you know, it's a no brainer to go to that one as a retailer. Um, plus I think a lot of retailers are starting to get into other things other than just cigars. Like people are starting to mess around with the CBD stuff a little bit and this and that. So that shows good for those types of things. Um, but yeah, if I go and no one's there and I, you know, everybody's going to PCA show, I'll probably go to PCA show just but there's no motivation for me as a retailer to go to PCA. It's like the worst financial investment of my life. Uh, if you're looking at it from a, <laughs> if you're looking at it from a business perspective, like unless right. you're going to spend like 30, 40 grand plus, like going mm-hmm. to Vegas for a trade show is not a good business decision period. Sure. Uh, for me, it's, I have made contacts, got to know people, became better friends with people, which, you know, over time gets me access to different things that we have or, uh, or just makes me, you know, love this industry, whatever it is. Um, so that's the real perk of, like, I don't view it as, you know, if you do the math on it, like the thousands of dollars it goes into paying for your hotel and flights and this and that and paying right. the dues, like, I have to spend like 30000 to get a big enough discount to just offset the cost of me getting there. Yeah. Uh, now, PCA takes note on the, the TPA way. I don't, I don't know how TP is affording this, that they can do what they do for, retailers but um then yeah probably the cbd side and all that (laughs) but but you know here's the thing too in in i think tpe just announced today that they're going to be uh putting out their safety protocols for the convention but part part of my decision is that as well is you know what are they doing or what things are going to be in place for for safety um so 
I think that'll be that'll be part of the equation too for me. Because I may not die from COVID, but I certainly don't want to fucking get it either. So get a vaccine, bro. I'm not eligible yet. Mm. Kyle, how the fuck are you eligible? I'm <laughs> dude. Handsome, dude. Yeah. So Wisconsin opened it up today uh, to end. Anybody with a BMI over 25, which I guess is <laughs> our whole entire fucking, fucking yeah. state. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, are you serious? No, I'm absolutely serious. It's a pre-existing condition. Your BMI over... But is over Kyle, 25? Yeah, of course it is. But Kyle... I, well, yeah, I mean, that doesn't yeah, mirror... So basically, so basically, they opened it up to the state. Yeah, I think it's... I think the stat is like it's 58% of adults in our state are now eligible. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> That's kind of lower than I thought it would be. I'm not going to lie. It's a weird yeah. metric to go by. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know, man. I'm not going to, I'm not looking that gift horse in the mouth. It, 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 anyway, in the next few weeks, it's going to open up to just be a, pretty much anybody in the country, I would think, with yeah. the number they're getting. Yeah, we're right. not far from that. So it doesn't right. matter too much. Yeah, well, I'm a little saw- worried with like the safety protocols, too. Um, like, I don't know if they're going to let smoking indoors. Uh, but kind of my overall just like the worst part I'm terrified of is literally the flight. Um, like I literally got a, I'm going to look like I'm in a paint booth when I'm on the plane. I got a legit 3M N95 like paint mask and that's what I'm wearing. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to look like Darth Vader and be completely fine and like super anal in the airport. But once you get to Vegas, I don't know what I've learned about this. Like just keep my space. Like, period. Like, last year I was sick and, like, not shaking people's hands, but would, like, hug them with half my body. I mean, I did my best because I was like, I'm sick. Like, don't shake my hand. And it turns out it was most likely COVID and spread like wildfire. So, I get this. Yeah, we were, we were, we've talked about this on the podcast, but we were basically ground zero, man. Yeah. yeah. There was also, I don't know if you saw, uh, there was a trade show there at the same time we were there, and they actually think that might have been where the big spread happened in the U.S. was in Vegas the week we were there. <laughs> the trade show was a tech convention last year where there's tons of people from all over the world that came there. And obviously, oh, yeah. being tech, there's tons of people that were from China where they were already in their outbreak. Uh, I read this whole research study, and I was like, geez, that's 100% what it was because that was deathly sick. Like, I was sick at the tree show, but when I got home, it was rough. Really? Oh. And I lost yeah. my smell, so, so that was, like, the one thing that I think is kind of, like, the categorical. You probably mm-hmm. got this. What were you going to say? Here's the question that everybody's been wondering for quite a while on this show. Uh, Drew. Yeah. Can you describe your cigar lifestyle? <laughs> yeah. I'd like to know. All that. Who's been wondering that? I've been sitting here thinking about it the whole time. It's, I've been thinking it since last time I was on here. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what sounds, that means. Sounds like there's not one. <laughs> <laughs> According to Mo and Danny and Cow, I smoke a lot of shitty cigars, so I guess it's a shitty lifestyle. That's not true at all. <laughs> Uh, that's that's heresy. True. That's pretty true. I mean, those patinas, though. Yeah. Well, besides, you never know besides those, everything, everything else. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> no, Drew, you have one of the most sophisticated. Oh bullshit. Uh, <laughs> personal humidors of anybody I know. No, I'm serious. That's legit. I've I got mean, a lot of I've got, got a lot of cigars. Get, yeah, and they're all like high end shit. Yeah, Not most shit, stuff's but good. I mean, you know, high end stuff. Man, it is shit too. <laughs> the cow, but <laughs> it's a cow. Cow's a fucking multimillionaire. So what are you gonna do? He is. His his humidor's his humidor's probably it's it's more uh, refined than mine. Cow's got more cigars than most retailers. I know. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I gotta see a picture of this humidor. Cows is nice. I posted it at some point in time, I it's, believe. It's all exaggeration. No. No, I don't know, man. <laughs> I'm not really sure about that. <laughs> big big cabinet humidor. Yeah. If you got anything really old, weird, and rare in there that you want to get rid of, let me know. What what qualifies as old, weird, or rare for you? Uh, like, like how how old is old? Because people talk about aging cigars. Some people talk about, oh, man, I aged this for a year. Other people are like, yeah, it's not quite 30 yet. <laughs> uh, we, I, certain cigars we set off to the side and we won't sell. Well, so, like, we'll smoke them at year two. Year three, we'll smoke another one at year four. And when we find that, like, point where, like, all right, this one's mad, more magical than when it was new. And sometimes we'll get to, like, year four and it's the exact same. And then year five, it's trash and we miss the boat. Um <laughs> And that happens from time to time. Then we, should, all right, we have to burn through these this week because they are on their last limb or whatever. Um, but we always have at least, I'd say, 10 to 15 SKUs that are seven-plus years on them. Um, most of it's stuff like as I'm traveling around the country, I hit up cigar shops and go straight to their bottom shelf and see what they have. And from like Don Pepin Blue Labels, the very first, first release we just got rid of the last ones probably a month ago so we had like 2007 2008 heavy mm-hmm. blues for a while uh, so doesn't those age like, so well uh it they are obnoxiously good like way better than i thought they'd be like the first i bought one i saw them in a shop i was like no way these are like that old and i bought one went outside lit it up and went back in bought everything he had um and it was great i bought them at retail but he had the retail on when they were first released, which is less mm-hmm. than the cost of what a brand new blue costs now. Mm-hmm. Fun fact. Um, oh man, and they're like ten times better aged. That's amazing. Yeah, <laughs> it was it was phenomenal. It was a great deal. Um, so it, if it's like something uh, like it can be, doesn't have to be old and rare. But like if it's like if you had a, a box of labage shoes you bought four years ago and you're you're over them. That, that that would be like something that we love um, or the first batch of patinas or something along that line still have some Ooh, yeah, yeah like some things like that like where it's just like especially if it's boutique and it's something we already carry like first batches that came out like anytime I see those like I love that stuff um, and it's just like a treat for the guys that you know if a guy already loves patina to be able to hand him a cigar from the very first batch and taste the difference of both age and however the brands evolved is kind of cool. And it really helps them like grow their palate. Like if you're already in love with a cigar and you know exactly what it tastes like and you get it all the time and then you get to smoke one that's like 10 years old and you're like, wow, it's the exact same cigar, but 
intricately different. So those things we like. Yeah, and, and the thing, man, with a lot of that stuff too is, like you said, there's there's a really fine line between aged and old. Like, they, yeah. you know, when they become just old cigars, then yeah, it's time to move on. Yeah, there's definitely a, a period where they hit, like, all right, this is awesome. And some of them don't change at all, which is really odd. They're just like, all right, well, let's just get rid of this. <laughs> <laughs> that didn't go how we thought it was going to go. Yeah. yeah. What's, your what favorite, what's your what? favorite aged cigar? Cow, Drew? Anything in my humidor. Mm. I, I, anytime I see an old LFD with those flower bands on it, I pick it up yeah. every time, a hundred percent. We got a few of those. Yeah, I like the flower bands. They, those aged perfect. I think everything mm -hmm. I hate about LFD, those fix. Like <laughs> the age on them is dead on. I feel like LFD. Oh, you're hundred percent right. Out. Yeah, like they want to stand out as a Dominican that's got power. To me, it's like cool. Like you make a really damn spicy cigar somehow out of Dominican tobacco. Um, but those flower bands are like just mellow. They're like I'll find one of the old blues if we have any left sitting around. Uh, it's very. It reminds me of that where it's like you lose a lot of that pepper and bite, but you get the actual flavor that they probably really wanted you to have. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I enjoy those. Yeah, the um, LFDs age very, very well. Definitely. Yeah, if you want a nice little treat for yourself, buy some LFDs, put them away for five years, and come back. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, Opus effect. Opus. It is, but it's almost like way more dramatic. It is. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird how well those age. And I don't like them, but I like them aged. Uh, like. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you could get me to smoke a brand new LFD. The small batches are usually really good. Yep. I like those. But, um, I have yeah, one man. of their Solomons, uh, where they did all the crazy print on it. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And, uh, I had one of those the other day, actually. Not the other day. It's probably about a month ago. And it, like, shocked me how much I liked it. Mm hmm. It's a 2016 release, isn't it? Um, it's really going to have four or five years now. Yeah. Nah, are they that old? Yeah, man, they had them at the, the one PCA I ever went to. Oh, that old. Yeah, we still got four of them left. I took the four. There's four that had like chess pieces on them. I don't know if you guys play chess or not. Like I've always had this dream of having a chess tournament at, at the shop. That'd and, be awesome. Uh, so we were going to save them and do like a big chess tournament. And the winner got that four pack and we've never had a chess tournament. <laughs> <laughs> so they're just sitting there. Drew, what have you smoked that's aged recently out of your humidor? Um, shit. I, uh, I did have one of the original release patinas, uh, Opus, I mean, uh, I want to say all my Opus that I've got now are probably uh, at least three years, maybe four minimum. Really? 
Yeah. At what point do you burn those? Oh, I just, I've smoked through them. I'm not like keeping anything. I just have a lot of them. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah, it's, it's weird, man, how Opus, like, just they're so much better when they're aged. Yeah. Not even close. <laughs> what does that? <laughs> Have you ever figured out a pattern of what makes a certain cigar that's aged exponentially better than another one that you age? No. I mean, Cubans tend to be much better aged. Opus, LFD. The only thing yeah, I've ever Cubans discovered throw the pattern like, off. If it's like an obnoxiously strong cigar, mm-hmm. they almost always taste better with age because for whatever reason that the hair on it or whatever it is uh, that's bringing in the punch seems to mellow out or marry in with the other stuff. I don't know what's mm-hmm. happening scientifically, but real full body cigars tend I tend to like more after they're aged. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah, that, I mean, that's kind of my rule of thumb, too. But then you have a couple that just throw the whole thing off. Like Cubans typically mm-hmm. are not the strongest, right? Um, yeah. The Padron 1000 series ages ridiculously well, but they're not yeah. that strong. Yeah, my theory on that is I think those, I, I've thought the same thing. I love the Laundress and the 1000 series. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, my go to my shop cigars are so inexpensive and they're so damn good. But they, I think the difference literally in those and the regular Patrons is literally just time. <laughs> stuff that they rush and they don't have to age it for an extra two years or whatever. And it's good enough. And it is good enough. It, they're awesome. Yeah. And then you throw some time on them and they're right up there with the others. I mean, I, I could tell you for sure Padron is maniacal about their wrappers, especially on like the anniversary stuff. Like it is only the like top, 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 top quality. It's pretty, pretty crazy, actually. Yeah. Um, without getting into the Nicaraguan Puro thing. <laughs> <laughs> Since they're not. <laughs> oh my god. Oh man. Anyway, post so if you Google uh, cigar lifestyle definition, there's there's no result. <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah, it's, it's such an individual thing. Yeah. We should come up with a, a, a standard definition, like. Yeah. You know. <laughs> it's the delusion that one thing you do. Uh, infects the rest of your life entirely. Right. Which yeah. is true for certain things, right? If, if you happen yeah. to be, say, a serial killer, you are mm. living a serial killer lifestyle. Mm. But not true for anything else, right? You know, if I eat at Culver's every day, I'm not living a Culver's lifestyle. I'm just kind of a fat ass. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I just got to go to Indiana and get Culver's. I haven't had it in forever. The place is great. Yeah, it is. All right, we're best friends now. Damn Butterburgers. <laughs> Butterburgers. Uh, Cheese curds. <laughs> yeah. 
But um, well, Costa man, thank. I think we're we're running up on shit like almost an hour and a half. So, all right, dude, all right. man, thank you so much for coming on. Appreciate it, uh, man. We, pro- we probably lost most listeners about an hour and twenty minutes ago. So, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hi, Sam. You're still there. I know you. Yeah. Are. Yo, dude, he was behind on episodes. So I don't know. Cow, um, <laughs> Drew. You guys got anything? Uh, wrap up with. Uh, I think next week we'll be able to we'll be able to talk about the work story. Yes. Oh yeah. It's been Why some... can't we this week? Eh, we need Danny. What why? Nah, it's gonna make it fun. <laughs> we need Danny. What? Moe's offended. <laughs> no, not that, but I mean like you, you I mean Next week. Next I was week. looking forward to that. I know, it'll be good. I've never seen most speechless. Yeah, you have the cliffhanger, man. Tune in next week. But that's what we did last week. Well, and next week we'll go next week. <laughs> Our listeners are used to disappointment. I really have no story at all. I'm just making it all up. True or Mukow, are you guys going to either one of the trade shows? Um, I'd like to, but I don't know what... Uh, Sure, you always have an invitation with me if I go, man. Yeah, but only it'd be go uh, to go with uh, Mo. So yeah, I mean, yeah, if either of you want to go, you can go under my store uh, as well, especially yeah. if it's TP. Um, we'll, we'll also next week uh, we'll see if Kyle is speaking a different language or or whatever other type of or has a chip implanted in him or whatever else type of shit people are saying about the vaccine. See if that's true. That'd be good. Yeah. Man, I hope so. I could be a cyborg too. Shit. Yeah. Shit. Shit. Good luck with it. Go ahead. So, Costa, let's say that somebody listened to this episode and they were like, man, that guy's awesome as hell. How do I get in touch with that guy and follow him on the internet and stuff? What do they do? Uh, Our Instagram is Smoke Cigar Lounge. Um, Facebook, we're there too, but that's pretty much mirroring whatever we put on Instagram. And our website is Smoke Maniunk. Uh, I'll throw up an extra discount. I'll edit the current coupon uh, on our website for uh, your listeners for a week as a thank you for having me on. And we'll throw an extra bump on it for them. And uh, also memberships out there as well. So if anybody's interested in that like ongoing discount or anything like that, we're down. Uh, you can also always email us uh, if you have any questions, or if you go on our website too, there's like a little chat box that pops up in the bottom corner, uh, and that goes directly to me and Eli, so you'll be able to talk to us directly there through the website as well. So Beautiful. We will put together a package. We have If you don't want to pick something off the website, or if you get on our website and you're like, I don't know what any of the stuff is, or most of the stuff, um, feel free to call us and We'll we'll spend time with you on the phone and figure out what you like, and we'll put together a custom little package for you and give you a deal on it as well. Not many people doing that. If any. Yeah, I would beg on that. That's so, one of our favorite. Awesome. We actually like enjoy that. Like Eli, be like got this guy online right now. What <laughs> would you give him? And like we'll like write down what we would give him just to see if we'd recommend the same thing and stuff. It's pretty fun. That's awesome. Um, but yeah, we we like doing that so. If you're, if you're new to Boutique and you're listening to this, which is probably not the case, 
Uh, <laughs> or if you want to try other boutiques you haven't had, hit us up and we'll, uh, that's our thing. That's our jam. That's awesome. Absolutely. You're not only, you know, yes, you're ordering online or by phone, but you're supporting a brick and mortar. So that's, it's a win all the way around. Absolutely. Well, all right, boys. Next week. Cool, next week. Thanks for coming, man. The story of the job. Yeah. Maybe. Job. Maybe not. <laughs> Dude, thanks for having me, guys. You guys rock. Appreciate all the love. Thanks, bro. Thanks, man. Have a good one. Thanks, man. See, See you guys. guys. Thank you, everybody, for listening to this week's uh, episode of the Sons of Smoke Cigar Cast. Make sure you guys are checking us out on Instagram, Facebook, uh, direct message us, um, email the Sultans of Smoke at gmail.com if you got any questions, comments for the show. And we will catch you guys next week. Thanks. <laughs>